Our gospel today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, the story of the raising of Lazarus. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Please be seated. Let us pray. Dear God, we are so grateful to be together this morning, gathered as your people in person and online. We thank you for gathering our voices, gathering our hearts, gathering our prayers, gathering our joys, our hurts, our questions, our curiosities, our wonderment. Thank you for making us your people in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Back in 2017, I had the chance to visit this church that I had always wanted to see, St. Gregory of Nyssa Episcopal Church in San Francisco. Um, this visit to St. Gregory's was part of the Zoe Project initiative for young adult ministry through Princeton Seminary. And as part of the program, small groups from 12 different churches here on the East Coast, including ours, were flown out to Los Angeles and San Francisco to visit innovative and inspiring ministries. I had been in love with St. Gregory's ever since I read the book, Take This Bread by Sarah Miles, who talks about her conversion to the Christian faith, how she was moved by the liturgy and especially communion, and how she started a food pantry there. And it remains my favorite book on faith. And not for nothing, St. Gregory of Nyssa is actually one of my all-time favorite saints. Church nerd alert. St. Gregory was a 4th century bishop in what is now Turkey. And he was part of what was known as the Cappadocian Fathers, who wrote beautifully about theology and the Bible. When we arrived at St. Gregory's, I totally fanboyed out all over the place. And Sarah Miles was actually our speaker for that day. And after her presentation, I went up to her and I gushed about how much I love her book and her work and how much it all meant to me. And she was very kind and patient and took a nice picture with me. The sanctuary of St. Gregory's is just stunning. Uh, when you walk in, it has this eight-sided rotunda and there are these life-size 
dancing saints above you, 90 in all. And you saw on the the screens here, those are life-size, six-foot-high paintings of the saints. And that's where they celebrate communion, all standing around the altar in this rotunda. And this was inspired by St. Gregory's commentary on Psalm 50, where he says, Once there was a time when the whole rational creation formed a single dancing chorus, looking upward to the one leader of this dance, Jesus. And they found harmony of motion, and that they learned from his law and found their way into dancing. Richard Fabian, the co-founder of St. Gregory's, writes, Gregory of Nyssa's commentary gives us a vision of the world's peoples in harmony, not just audible harmony, but active dancing harmony. He says the identities of the saints portrayed may surprise some, but for years, St. Gregory's Church has fostered a broad idea of sainthood. Our idea of sainthood comes from both the Bible and Gregory's books. The Hebrew concept of holiness originally had no moral content, but simply meant that having you had God's stamp upon you, being marked and set apart as God's own. As the Bible sees it, he says, saints and sinners are the same people. We celebrate those whose lives show God at work, building a deep character to match the God-like image, which stamps them as God's own from the start. Of course, God works with more than Christians, and more than Christians are saints. Gregory held that every human can progress toward God. All humanity shares God's image and shows it to the universe, so all people can move together toward God. This is what we are made for. This universal view made Gregory an extraordinary theologian in his day and draws fresh interest today as people of many world faiths find more and more that they share. Christian or not, these saints show us some of God's image as Christ makes that image fully plain to us. Our list there includes people who cross boundaries in ways that unified humanity, often at their own cost. Some proved lifelong models of virtue. Other changed direction dramatically from evil to good, even near the end of their lives. Musicians, artists, writers, poets, dancers, workers, organizers, missionaries, martyrs, spiritual teachers, protesters, prophets, reformers, judges, builders, liberators, scholars, healers, soldiers, monastics, couples, straight and gay, diplomats, planners, governors, and wild and domestic beasts who appear with their human companions. These saints painted above are Christian, Jew, Muslim, Confucian, Buddhist, Hindu, Shinto, pagan, of many continents, races, classes, and eras. These saints lead in our dancing as we look upward to Jesus, the perfecter of human faith, drawing new harmony from his examples as Gregory teaches us to do. It was good to see as a Lutheran that Martin Luther was up there among the saints. Uh, And there were classic Christian saints like St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Patrick and St. Francis. But there were also others Cesar Chavez, John Coltrane, Charles Darwin, Emily Dickinson, Ella Fitzgerald, Anne Frank, Gandhi, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, Malcolm X, Thurgood Marshall, Thomas Merton, John Muir, Florence Nightingale, Eleanor Roosevelt, Shakespeare, Sojourner Truth, Desmond Tutu, and more. 
Standing there in the rotunda, it reminds you of Hebrews 12:1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. While we were there, Sarah Miles taught us the dance that they do at St. Gregory's when they celebrate communion. We stood in concentric circles around the altar with the saints up above us, and we danced a couple steps this way and a few steps that way. And someone found a drum and started playing, and then we started singing. And we were dancing in circles and singing and drumming with the saints of old, saints among us on the floor and saints above us on the walls, and mostly young adults there gathered together from these churches from the East Coast. On All Saints Sunday, the church remembers our saints, those who have died and passed into eternal life, as we will do later in the service. But we also remember that we are in and part of that cloud of witnesses. Not only that, but a place like St. Gregory's reminds us that we are dancing with the saints, gathered around the table together as we look to Jesus. Our saints have been raised like Lazarus. God has called them forth from their illness, their suffering, and their death to new and eternal life. And our readings today are these images of that, images of redemption and healing and heaven. Isaiah says, God will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice. From Revelation, it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, adorned as a bride prepared for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. We remember today that in the communion of saints, we are all connected in God's love and life, whether we find ourselves in this life or the next. Our saints are not far from us. They are as close to us as a word, a breath, a heartbeat, a memory. They are never gone from us. As Dumbledore says to Harry Potter, their love leaves its mark on us. He says, to have been loved so deeply, even though the person who loved us is gone, will give us protection forever. It is in your very skin. Although we miss them and grieve their loss, and perhaps in some cases still lack a sense of resolution about their passing, or perhaps find ourselves angry and upset like Lazarus' sisters Mary and Martha were, nevertheless, nevertheless our saints are whole and well and dancing today in the presence of God, and they invite us into the dance. On this day, we are also invited to see the saints in our midst from all walks of life, 
those who make known to us in word and deed the love and grace of God. Recently, I learned that one of my living saints in my life had died just a couple weeks ago. It was my college chaplain and Methodist minister, Hal Warlick. Hal was my teacher in college, my mentor, advisor, my chaplain, and so much more. He helped me develop my call to ministry when it was still very new and fresh, and he gave me a biblical and theological language to describe it. And I got to practice worship leadership for the first time formally in the chapel under his direction. He showed me great encouragement and kindness. And he was the one who encouraged me to go to Harvard Divinity School, where he had gone to school. And he introduced me to Professor Peter Gomes, which changed my life. He invited me back to preach at the chapel in 2006, which was a great honor and joy to stand in his pulpit. And that was the last time I saw him. I've been so blessed to have incredible mentors and saints appear at just the right time in my life, and Hal was one of those people. These people in our lives profoundly help us, shape us, and love us, and help us discover our path and who we were meant to be. They are role models for us and remain so even after death. Today, we remember the saints we have lost this past year and in recent years, but also the people in our lives right now and the importance of recognizing and appreciating, appreciating the saints in our lives while they are still among us. I so wish that I had sent Hal a note in these recent years, updating him on my ministry and my family and sharing just how grateful I am for him and what he had done for me. And... It really made me think about how we can take the saints in our lives for granted, not say the things that we want to say, not say the things that we mean to say, not say the things that we should say. So let's not take our saints or those moments or those opportunities for granted. Tell somebody that they are a saint in your life and reflect on how you are or might be a saint to others. Today is such a rich day in the life of the church. It's when we do the important and solemn work of remembering. But it is also a day for celebration and inspiration, to recognize and affirm the ways in which God is moving through us and others to make the world a better and more beautiful place. It is a day to join in the dance. Amen. So for our hymn of the day today, it's a song that I requested that uh, the band uh, play for us. It's a song called Crowded Table by the High Women. That's got some really wonderful lyrics. And uh, one of my favorite lines you'll, you'll hear in it is, uh, Everyone's a little broken, but everyone belongs. And it makes me think of dancing around the table, the crowded table of all the saints of God.